Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive and I am joined by my co-host, the only perfect 10 to represent WWE. Ricky, how are you tonight, sir? Doing well. Yourself? I'm alright. My cold slash cough has come back with a vengeance, but I I have it at bay for the time being. I mean, in all, in all honesty, I don't think it ever left. It was away for at least a week. We're okay. Don't worry. Don't don't you worry about me, pal. I'm not. I'm sure you'll be fine. Um, before we get into the, the meat of the matter, please head over to powerslam.tv where you can get, with the help of the Social Suplex promo code, over 4,000 hours of independent wrestling streamed to the device of your choice that's 4,000 hours again there aren't even 4,000 hours in a month so think of all the content you've got there and there's Ricky's videos working on Skype now you're looking lovely as usual thanks so we had a pay per view this weekend and it was Elimination Chamber Ricky what were your thoughts overall on the the night because we haven't really discussed it have we I don't think so I think we discussed the the women's and that was it. Yep, that was it, I think. So tell me, how did you enjoy, or did you enjoy Elimination Chamber 2019? <laughs> I thought it was fine. Um, hmm. I enjoyed both chamber matches. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I enjoyed... 205 <clears throat> um, the one on two handicap match like, it wasn't it wasn't bad or anything it served uh, its purpose yeah Corbin and and Strowman I'm never really going to buy into the feud mm-hmm. the match itself you know the ending <clears throat> could have done without the ending to the Corbin match mm-hmm. right with the the shield powerbomb I think it's just because I feel like you can use 
drew better. I think That's so all. too. I think so too. Um, <clears throat> and I guess the Ronda and Ruby Riot match. I I, I I get I get the kind of I get it was to serve a, a purpose. Um, and I know it was basically the spotlight and what we wanted people to be talking about is what took place post match and I'm sure we'll talk we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. I was hoping to see an actual match too though to be honest. Um so was I. And I know they 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 done the, the rematch the following night on Raw. I uh, I suppose that's that was probably my, I think that was my biggest gripe at all and I know I know people are saying it was basically just kind of spotlight sharp sorry um Becky coming in, attacking the both of them, etc., and everything that took place after the match. I just wanted to see like a proper match. I felt like they could have had a real good match, mm-hmm. and it was a chance to kind of spotlight Ruby Wright as well. Um, yeah, but overall, um, like I said, the two chamber matches really stood out. Uh huh. Definitely. Um, you can't comment on the Ronda match. You can only really t- talk about what took place after uh-huh. and stuff. The segment. Um, yep. Um, oh sorry Usos and uh, Shane and Miz I, I I thought it was a good match as well I enjoyed that match um, I was contemplating changing my pick after the whole incident that went down with Naomi and Jimmy Jimmy yep with the police but I didn't purely because I, t- I kind of forgot to <laughs> so I was quite pleasant surprised they win well, didn't um, was it Jay that was arrested? Yeah, for a DUI. Uh, around the time was that last year or was that a couple of years ago? I feel it was about eighteen months or so ago. But was it not? Was it not around the time with the American Alpha when they were mm-hmm. feuding with American Alpha? I'm not sure. That seems too too long ago. I can't really. I, it would be unfair to really say when it was because I don't know. So I don't know, but I don't think it would have changed the influence. You could argue maybe that it changed their influence in the women's chamber with Carmella and Naomi going out first, but it was going to be someone. Um, the the Usos thing in particular, I'll get, that's the bigger, ne- that's the most negative for me out of the whole night. I've just not gotten bored at any point with the Miz train carry on. Uh, this road that Miz is going down does not ring true at all. He's making out as if he's had got daddy issues because his dad only started paying attention because of this greatest in the world thing and the tag team run with Shane. Miz even said, I mean, the match was fine. As you say, it served a purpose. It furthered a storyline. Usos were used to help further that with the win. I liked how the win was done with Miz struggling to roll either one of the Usos over for the pin. I'm not going to pretend I know the difference between them. Uh, <laughs> but for the crucifix pin that it was reversed into, Shane's coast to coast, his elbow drops, you know what the score is. So it wasn't a bad match. But they furthered the storyline this week with The Miz saying on SmackDown, when we won the tag titles at Royal Rumble, that was the first time my dad said that he loved me. So you're trying to tell me that a guy who's main evented WrestleMania 
who retained at WrestleMania, who has won many tag team championships before, has won many singles championships before, who is married to a beautiful woman, who is ma- who has a child. And another on the way. Another one on the way. And this is the first time your dad says he loves you. This is either Ms. The only way this can work for me is if it's a Ms. heel term. Because if not, then Mrs. Dad is a heartless bastard who is a mark for Shane McMahon. And that's <laughs> that's what it boils down to. <laughs> Thing is, I don't think my dad's ever told me he loves me, though. You know, so... <laughs> oh, well, this took a sombre turn very quickly. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. Like, kayfabe-wise and story-wise, like... How does this even make sense? I kind of want Shane to turn on Miz. <sighs> Something's going to happen at Fastlane. Oh, definitely. One of them's going to cost the other one, or they're going to lose, and the other one's going to attack one of them, mm-hmm. either after a match or on the SmackDown. It's just um, with Miz being this baby face, things that he's saying, they're not. He might think they're true, but they're not true. Mm hmm. All these, he's only proud of his accolades now. I just that just is nonsense. Kind of like your <clears throat> classic old school heel who says things and is kind of deluded. Mm-hmm. And that um, usually works with heels better. Who knows? Maybe, maybe Mizzy's dad is a heartless bastard. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, and I've just I've just buried my own father on the podcast. I know that was uh, not expected. It's fine. It's fine. Do you think your father would say he loves you if you won a tag championship alongside Shane McMahon? Probably not. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Maybe maybe, maybe that explains why I'm such a needy person. <laughs> oh, don't because I'll go off on one here, live on air. We're getting deep. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So that I'd say that was a negative, not from a wrestling quality standpoint, just because I can't I can't buy into this at all. No, that wasn't even me taking into account Shane's part timeism, as it were. Um, the Ronda Rouse, uh, the Ruby Riot situation. Okay, it could have been done better. They could have had a longer, even if the match lasted three four minutes longer, and. Charlotte's just sitting there at ringside and Ronda's distracted and they start trash-talking each other and they start fighting and it results in some sort of disqualification. So the match is cancelled and then they do the altercation in the ring. That I think that would have been better. It would have, quote-unquote, protected Ruby Riot a bit more. But she looked like a fool on Sunday night and we know that she's not a fool. So it was a bit hard to stomach. But as you say, it was more about what they were going to do with Charlotte and Becky coming down later on. Uh, yeah, again, Charlotte is embarrassed. Again. Again. And I hope the people who were very vocal in their um, hatred of Naya and wanting her either sent back to developmental or fired um, feel the same about Becky's throwing a a plastic object which has the potential for many many a shrapnel getting flung about the place when she broke, uh, busted open, run to the hard way. Anything, obviously, as far as we're aware, nothing happened from that, but anything could have happened with those crutch shots to the head. Mm-hmm. 
and you saw the state of Charlotte's arm on Smackdown this week as well but it's cool because it's Becky she can do what she wants exactly exactly and I've said many a times I like Becky I just hate the way people have got her I don't want to say I've got her on a pedestal because she's been unbelievable since SummerSlam but if, if it was roles were reversed here, like it would just be constant. Look at that now; they're trying to derail her momentum and bury her. And it's like, I take your fu- take, get the blinkers off, mm-hmm. put down the drink, sober up, <laughs> and look at the situation. At what point? At what point? Outside of one moment in Australia, has Becky looked weak? And I know people are going to turn around and say, "Well, she apologised." Fine. Okay, I'll give you that then. That's two moments. And you can't even say she looked weak at the Royal Rumble because it was Asuka she was up against. And then, ultimately, it doesn't really matter if Asuka beat her in a 30-minute clinic or she made her tap out in the first 10 seconds because all everyone's going to remember now is her forcing her way into a match that she was not involved in, mm-hmm. despite this ongoing storyline that Charlotte seems to insert herself into everything when Charlotte hasn't done a single thing wrong. An entire storyline. So the reality is, folks, Becky's a the Becky's a heel, and Charlotte is the baby. What did Charlotte say at the in her mid pay per view promo? Can't remember. Well, it was kind of a rhetorical question anyway, so I'll just lead in. She said, she said something along the lines of, "Becky just panders to the crowd because she needs that validation." And Charlotte just looks in the mirror and gets all the validation she needs. There's some truth she's in the best damn female wrestler in the world. Yes, but her comment about Becky is true. Yep. As is evidenced by the Stone Cold Stunners at house shows. All that carry on. Pandering to the she loves pandering to the crowd and fair play, she is. But she's a heel. She's a heel. Like I said, I don't even hate Becky. This has been like a... We are embracing she the fiction. Literally, literally had a rocket strapped to her back and just set off to the moon. Mm-hmm. And it's actually been like pretty awesome to see some of the things that she's doing. Like that moment where she comes swaggering down uh, before Survivor Series down to the raw ring. <coughs> that... That was unbelievable. Mm. And I know we hate the comparisons, but it was kind of Austin-esque. It was... I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps more about that than seeing her bloody and standing at the uh, in the crowd at the end because I, I thought that was a, an awesome visual of just her walking down, showing no fear whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I says, we're not even hating on Charlotte. We're just kind of... No, sorry, Becky. We're just kind of keeping it real. Like, too many people get caught up in and their favourites and then can't understand why they might eventually get their comeuppance or one week where they may get beat down like oh everyone seems to think that Becky should just be going on this tear and and basically ripping female uh, female wrestlers apart Um, Mm -hmm. it's not the way it goes like come on man she's on a storyline wise she's on one leg and then she beats down let's be honest about it with probably the two biggest badass female wrestlers in the company. Yeah. 
And and, and when one in Ronda Rousey who legitimately used to beat up other female fighters just as if it was as if she was barely breaking sweat. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's still fascinating. I think we're all just. I think we are being worked because we're picking sides, and that's what they want. Oh, I think everybody knew the whole injury and suspension oh, thing was a work from the very beginning. And because and see, at the end of the day, like it's kind of difficult to. Like, come on, you, who really wants to come out and see someone just cut promos on each other for like nine straight weeks? It'll get kind of boring, and you're going to start repeating yeah. yourself. I think it's hard to say that after the altercation on Sunday night that a three-way isn't the best way to go. I I completely agree. And everyone that was saying that Charlotte shouldn't be in this, I have a feeling a lot of them come WrestleMania time are going to say, yep, we're happy it's a three-way. Mm-hmm. But you're just still going to get the people who are just going to be adamant and just, again, get the blinkers on and say, no, Charlotte shouldn't be in this situation. Which which is, is the point... I've been worked, that's what I meant to, I wasn't talking about being worked about Becky's injury, just that people have picked sides, they're fully invested in the feud, whether they think it's real or not, like backstage real is what I mean, um, everyone's picked their sides, we've picked our sides with Charlotte, uh, will you Will you be disappointed though if Becky does actually win, if she no. gets back into the match, no, neither will, no. I think it, when it actually, if and when it happens, it'll be a, oh gosh darn it, but at the same time, it's a, a massive moment. It, it won't be for me. I mean, as of right now, <clears throat> like, if Becky wins, I would say I'm I'm happy with that. But do remember, it was SummerSlam match. I'm, I'm like one of the biggest Charlotte fans you'll find. And even at the SummerSlam, I wanted her to win. But I even said it when we had Jeremy on for the post-SummerSlam show, was that as soon as the 1-2-3 happened, my initial feeling wasn't joy or happiness or like, oh yes, Charlotte win. It was the wrong woman win. Mm-hmm. And and uh, even who knows how I'm going to feel, like Becky might win and, and depending on how the rest of the, the next sort of six weeks go and how the match develops, I might have that feeling if Becky eventually wins and I'll be like, no, the wrong female win. But it could go the same way again at SummerSlam. If Charlotte wins, I could have that feeling again. But as of right now, I think Becky must win. Mm-hmm. See, I felt the very same way about the main event. Deep down, I know that it makes sense, storyline-wise, for Daniel Bryan to retain and to keep going, keep his momentum going as this nutcase, this maniac, um, who all the credit in the world to Kofi, but Daniel Bryan was in there from the very beginning and he put on a devastating performance throughout. Uh, But I'll get to that in a minute. I was... Although I knew that it made more sense for Daniel Bryan to win, I was disappointed that Kofi didn't. That's how magical those last 10 minutes were. The false finishes, the kickouts. Thought There was a very small part of me that thought, this is, this is happening right here, they're going to do it. And when it didn't, it was very deflating. I, I, I'd agree. Um, I'm kicking myself. Because I said to Rance, and I was going to say to Caleb as well, because they were both at the show, how badly did the crowd want Kofi to win? Like, like was it... Because we felt it coming from the TV. Like, how I wanted, to, I wanted to know how it felt like in the arena. But just to touch on Daniel Bryan, like, 
It's just the little small things that he does, you know, when he gets steps out of the ring and starts walking about and jogging about and and then suddenly out of nowhere he climbed the pod and just kind of sat back and tried to hide away and Daniel Bryan has got his, his character is he's got it down perfectly at the moment. Um, it was nice to see him win clean as well. Mm-hmm. No, like I know with the chamber, like how other way you're going to win, but at least Rowan wasn't involved somehow. Yeah. Um, and I know they've announced Kofi versus Daniel Bryan at Fastlane as well. I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed when Kofi doesn't win at Fastlane. Yeah. Um, and I can understand that. I, I definitely understand that. But I would keep the title on Daniel Bryan. But I feel like, like I say, there's just a real lack of opponents for Daniel Bryan at the moment. Because at least if Kofi win, you could always go, right, fine, we'll run it again one more last time. Kofi versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Uh-huh. There are a lack of opponents. Uh, traction has been made with Kevin Owens' promos, the everyday man um, who has enjoyed excess, as shown in his videos with popcorn and steak and partying and whatnot. That goes against Daniel Bryan's ideals, so people have started to think that maybe Kevin Owens will be the man that comes forward. I would really like them... I'll not, I'm not deny. I think what happened with Kofi Kingston the last couple of weeks was what was going to happen for Ali. Oh, most definitely. And I'm gutted that he hasn't had this opportunity. But I'm fully on board with Kofi now. I would love to see Kofi beat Bryan at Mania. Uh, I think that would be one of the more memorable moments in all of WrestleMania history. For obvious reasons, but just for general storyline reasons as well, that would be staggeringly epic if it was to happen but Daniel uh, Daniel Bryan was unbelievable in that match just as you said his character work I just I prefer his style of wrestling like this as well he's not doing the greatest hits I mean you heard when it was even when he's doing those the no kicks the people were so against him for a guy who was a fan favourite and people were in tears because of his return to wrestling after his health. It literally was like the second coming. Mm-hmm, it was. Uh, and what he's done, he's made people despise him. Uh, Very quickly. I'm, I'm sure Rand said that there were people not sobbing, but there were tears in folks' eyes with just how bitter they felt about how the match ended. Uh, and, oh, he's, he's devastating just now. I know he has the odd dirty win, uh, and he has been beaten clean a couple of times, but he's just brutal. As I would say, this is the best Daniel Bryan that we've ever had. I've always said heel Daniel Bryan is better than face Daniel Bryan because mm-hmm. the face Daniel Bryan, in my opinion, ran its course. Right. And I don't know if that was down to the fact that people kind of got over the whole yes, or was it down to booking or what? But I prefer seeing Daniel Bryan as a heel. Um, just to touch on a couple of other things, like at some point, Joe has got to win a big time feud. You, you took the next thought out of my mind. At some point, he has to because he looked ex. 
excellent in the in the in the, uh, in the chamber. And the great thing is like kayfabe wise and character wise and like people are still afraid of him when in reality they shouldn't. Exactly, he's like Bray Wyatt all over again. <sighs> Can't wait for Bray to come back either. I stay by my thought that wins and losses, individual wins and losses don't matter, but see when wins and, wins and losses of feuds, they very much matter. And Joe's credibility is nowhere for me. I, I, I would agree with that as well. And I think it's also how you lose as well. Because with <coughs> Joe, Joe literally has lost a big one time and time again. Mm-hmm. And, and you need to do something because he is like like we've talked about his promo skills he literally can just go he can talk with anyone his in-ring ability is, is, is phenomenal and he could be like the number one heel in the company he's injury prone you just need to do something with him though I'm not saying put a title on him I'm not even saying put the US title or anything like that on him. I'm just saying give him a significant win. I, th- and, I think he does need the title. I would be happy if he got the US title as well. And I like r I think r absolutely hilarious. Hilarious. But I would be on board for seeing Truth versus Joe at WrestleMania. Joe wins the title. Mm-hmm. That'd um, be good. And the other thing, since we mentioned WrestleMania, is we're getting AJ versus Autumn. Yes, the I felt that leaving SmackDown, it felt even more evident coming out of Backlash. Uh-huh. The seeds have been firmly planted. Backlash? Yeah. Sorry, Chamber. <laughs> and that is one Orton match that I can definitely go on board with. As long as Orton's willing to play ball, yes. If, yeah, because see, at the end of the day, Randy Orton, when he's motivated or when he wants to put on a good match, I'm telling you, there isn't. There are very, very few people better than him in the world. And I think he has. He has come across to me as motivated in the last few yeah. months. yep. He's a bit part player just now. I'll, I'll give him that. He's, well, what I mean is, like for instance, uh, he came down late in the gauntlet match. He was last in the actual chamber match, so he's not involved too much. So he's not hogging the limelight. But he's still Less never, is more. Less is more. And when he does, when he's there, he does make an impact. So I'm coming round to him a bit more. I know Kyle Moore's will not be happy. <laughs> Go <laughs> away, Randy Orton. To I totally, I get it, but I'm, I can get behind AJ. And as I said last week, that is a high enough profile match for AJ. Yep. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we talk for a second about how inconsequential Jeffrey Hardy was, though? Because why, why was he, he there? Hit, he hit that one uh, swanton when... Who did it hit on? Was Daniel Bryan, was it? Was it Daniel? AJ. Was it AJ? When AJ was in, like, with Tom Turnbuckle as well. That was awesome. I but, it... <laughs> yeah. There's just... He's... That spot could have been given to someone else. Yeah. Uh, set, insert another wrestler in there and he didn't do much in the gauntlet match either <laughs> poor Jeffrey. <laughs> he can go away uh, most definitely most definitely him and Matt should have a, a TV series on the network 
where they're just on the compound. Just a wee 20 minute. I'd watch that. Quirky comedy stuff. Not, not presented like Edge and Christian, but just as if it's scripted. I'd be fine with that. Uh, <laughs> right. Sticking with chamber matches. I was blown away by the women's chamber match, the tag team titles match. Uh, to start the show off like that was really well done. Obviously, you have the few good moment of Sasha and Bailey winning. Now we surprising can, moment, I felt. I was surprised. I thought it was Nia and Tamina. Mm-hmm. I thought it was them all the way. But you can tie that up to the couples therapy that they had last year. You can tie up all the... I'm doing it. I'm I'm um, sticking my stick in the mud, whatever the analogy is, that they knew this was happening all along and they had the will they, won't they um, split up, who will turn heel, who won't. And then they reconciled. They did tag team work for a long time. All the way back at Evolution, might I add, they've been behind each other. They both had shots at Ronda Rousey, by the way, and ran her close. Uh, so there was a solidarity there as well this has been in the works for a long time I'm telling you who says WWE doesn't do long term storytelling I mean sure thanks Um, the match itself right so I was also very impressed with it I really, really liked it. And at first I felt, maybe because my expectations of it were so low, but I don't think so. I felt the actual, the entire match was really good. It was kind of nice to see the two tag teams that started the match are the final two. Um, I think Sonya Deville is awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, I was quite surprised to see Naomi take the pin. Um... I know some people are going to say, oh, that was her being punished for the incident with the police. But, overall, it was it was a real good match. The Iconics. Fantastic. I just want to give them a cuddle. Just that. Oh, yeah. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> the Iconics were in, they, they did their character down to a T. Came into the chamber, came in from the pod, um, took turns after everyone was laid out of pinning everyone that was down. It didn't work. Uh, started ganging up on individuals. Then they hid when Timina and Naya came in. Just and even the, see the way they pinned Carmela, uh, Naomi. That was excellent. Oh, that was fantastic. That was straight out the Brainbusters playbook. That was just superb stuff. The but it's not everyone involved honestly I would say all those women should get a pat in the back because it was just fantastic from start to finish uh, you know you are as well a big fan of the hashtag organised chaos that WWE put on in these big matches and I would put that up there in terms of personal pref- preference with the 5v5 men's match at Survivor Series 2016 just so many moving parts, but executed perfectly. Um, nobody looked out of place. There weren't any lulls throughout the match. It was well, just co- constantly something 
there was always something interesting at play. The bit in the middle where every one of them, Barney and Tamina, executed their finishers, and it just ended with Sonia spearing out in the middle of nowhere. That was just fantastic. I've, I'm lost. I'm lost for words a wee bit. I'm just trying to, trying to, thing me. What's the word? I can't even think of the word. I'm trying to articulate my joy of this match, but I can't do it justice. I think it was excellent. Uh, Naya and Tamina were eliminated in a credible way with Naya slamming herself through the pod, which eliminates her from the match. I thought that was well done. Just many plaudits for it. I would even say I preferred it to the other chamber match because the chamber match in the main event was great, but mostly because of the Kofi versus Daniel Bryan last 10-15 minutes at the end I felt with Joe and Daniel Bryan but it was also excellent to open that match um, the great thing about it was it was a tag team elimination chamber like you said so many moving parts so many bodies in the ring and like you said it didn't look sloppy at all no um, and that was my big fear of or uh, coming into the chamber was it was going to be a real sloppy affair. Um, it was very, very surprised. Very crisp. So on you go. And on you go. I'm just agreeing. It was very crisp. Very surprised that Sasha and Bailey win. I thought they would. <coughs> I said it last week. Nia and Tamina will win, but I feel like if you want to show everyone that you're, you feel it's a credible division, then you put it on Sasha and Bailey. Um. I don't, I don't have any gripes whatsoever mm. from this match. I suppose my only thing is, and I think this is not just this match itself, this is just in general, when things start to break down and then you see people just starting to hit all their finishers, sometimes I'm not overly keen on that because it looks too staged. True, true. And what I'll say is, and what I mentioned there is staged, who was it? Was it Zach Gibson took on Dream? Did he not at the Worlds Collide? The Worlds Collide? Oh, I don't think it was Zach Gibson. Right, it was Zach Gibson taking on someone anyway, and I can't remember who it was now. Carillo. I don't know who he took on now. Anyway, so there's a moment. Zach Gibson, I think if he, he throws. He throws your opponent into the ring, sorry, into the ropes, and rather than standing there watching someone do these flips and coming towards them and just standing there and not doing anything, rather than the natural thing is you would just move out of the way. It was because you have. So what happened was Gibson throws him in, and what Zach Gibson done was like he stumbled, to his, intentionally stumbled, and then as he was getting up, he looks up and there's his body basically on top of him. Perfectly done. Mm-hmm. Perfectly done. And that's my only gripe about that match. But like I say, it's people in general, is that when things start to break down, all of a sudden it looks too too choreographed that everyone then starts hitting their finishers. And I can get why they do it. It just... That's a little... a little bugbear of mine. That's, that's a fair criticism. I didn't feel that way with it. I actually thought that uh, the camera work was pretty decent for this match. They seemed to catch, um, stay at pace with everything that was going on. There was a bit of a carry on in the, the main event, but 
I didn't feel as if it was staged. I think what was more staged was the the people incoming rather than the people waiting for the finishers, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of other points that I want to say about it was there's a, the solidarity between the, the tag teams was very strong and obviously they've been tagging with each other for months now in the lead up to this, but there was just a real sense of unity with the likes of the Riot Squad jumping off the pods together. It was very, very tag team based and I really enjoyed that, whereas even in the men's tag team division there's uh, hints of unrest or self-jealousy. Uh, this didn't get that at all in these matches, which was excellent. And I think as well, the women were afforded... See, because the chamber matches by nature are claustrophobic, but because of the women's lesser frames, they're obviously not towering like guys, they're not as broad-shouldered. They've, got, they've still got a lot of room and freedom to wrestle like they normally do. So... Yeah. It felt as if the pace wasn't shortened. It wasn't a case of just grinding people into the the ropes or the chains. Very free, very free flowing. Unlike my speech, just excellent. I'll, I'm going to go as far as say it's going to take something special on the main roster to top that for my match of the year. Oh, okay. Um. I wouldn't go that far yet. Okay, that's fine. Um, but I certainly can't sit and make. I certainly can't sit and argue with you. You say that was a match of the night. I probably still prefer the men's chamber, but only maybe just. And this is. I think it's. I don't think there was much in it, and who knows? Once we get done recording, or when I watch it again. Mm-hmm. I might say the women's are better. Um, like I say, I don't have any complaints about that mm-hmm. whatsoever. And like you say, when you talk about the, the tag teams, they were all like in sync and in harmony. There was a moment where, I don't know if it was Billy Key or it was Peyton Royce, I want to say it was Peyton, whose foot, as Sasha and Bailey were lying on the floor, you kind of saw her flying towards him and f- almost falling on top of him, but like you saw Sasha covering Bailey's face with her hands because that's where Peyton's boot was coming straight down her face. It mm-hmm. was like just small things like that. I'm sure she's just looking out like real life wise. Like, I don't want her to get hurt, so I'll, I'll kind of protect her in that sense. But you can kind of tie it into the storyline as well. Is that look at that? They care so much one, about one another and they're always got each other's back because for two of the. Well, Two of the tag teams, right? Bailey and Sasha, there's always been hints, not even hints, like they've actually put hands on one another. Mm-hmm. And then you go and, is it Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville? There's been some issues there in the past as well. Um, Naya and Taminas are still relatively new ish together. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same goes with Naomi and Carmella, they're brand new. So. This is only the only tag team in the match that have been together and shown no kind of animosity or tenseness as the iconics. And like you say, all that was storyline wise, you could almost say cafe wise that it, all that was kind of put to one side because they all shared this one goal. Um, and like you say, the cohesion in the 
Just the togetherness. The togetherness, just being in sync, everything was absolutely perfect. Uh-huh. Perfect, and and the great thing was, is I think the match lasted overall was about f- maybe about forty odd minutes, maybe, including uh, entrances, probably. It never really felt like that at all. Uh-huh. It, it like you felt- said, no point. I think you put it perfectly. You said at no point <laughs> there was any kind of low periods. Mm-hmm. It wasn't twelve women wrestling, and like, independently of one another, it was it was six units wrestling. And that's what I appreciated about it. So it never at any point felt cluttered, clumsy, um, laborious, just top-notch. Watch it again. I'll pause pause the podcast and you can watch it just now. (laughs) (laughs) I see, pretty flawless. (coughs) Yep. Uh, Right, we've waxed lyrical enough about that match just now. There's not much else to talk about from this pay-per-view. The the handicap match, as we said, served its purpose. We predicted correctly. We'll touch on the predictions shortly. Uh, Finn Balor does look good with that IC title around his 0% body fat waist. Yep. It's as if it was meant for him to wear it. I think he was born not to wear anything at all, to be honest. <laughs> there may be some that do agree with you in that one. Uh, the Braun Strowman match I actually paid close attention to this because um, I did a column a few weeks ago on the, the old Lords of Pain about Braun Strowman's character and how he's a bit of an idiot so I was seeing if he would make any grave errors in this match to lead to Corbin winning which I predicted uh, it just so turns out that he was completely outnumbered by three guys who are only slightly smaller than him so I can accept Strowman's loss uh, as for the faction the stable whatever they are okay but do something with them don't just have them meander through Raws and every week and then at the odd pay per view just do nothing give them some impetus give them something to do or or you can just let Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley meander and fucking do something with Drew yep there are rumours of a Kurt Angle retirement match at WrestleMania. Let Drew put him in his grave. <laughs> <coughs> for reals? Oh, not for real, 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 but, you know. Claymore kick the milk right off his face. Claymore, uh, that's, that's it. That is it. And then um, stuff the medals down his throat. Can't believe we're speaking ill of King Kurt. I know, I absolutely love Kurt. I absolutely love Kurt. And I've watched that, remember the Hall of Fame return video that the package you put together? I've watched that account tell you many times. I absolutely love him. Mm-hmm. But dear me, do something with Drew. I know. Uh, what was it? It was the cruiserweight match. Hats off. Excellent. There was one point where Buddy Murphy had Tozawa up so high that I thought Tozawa's head was scraping the bottom of the chamber uh, and they still managed to reverse it into Hurricanrana not the best cruiserweight title match I've ever seen but it was still excellent, lots of very good high spots and for a wee second I did think Tozawa was going to do it because um, he was looking very strong in that match I have to say and I know it's in the pre-show so they're always they're, all, they're already at that level of not caring by WWE. 
but you've got a whole hour of a pre-show there where you've got lots of shit on for the rest of the hour. Why on earth did they shoehorn in the, the New Day promo into the middle of that match? There was just absolutely no need for it. You've got a whole other hour to play with. Nothing matters on a pre-show, apparently. It's very frustrating. It really is. No, I know. I know. But, and I mentioned this in our WhatsApp group chat, is Buddy Murphy entering Neville territory? In the sense that, where are the credible opponents coming from? There are credible opponents, they're just all heels. That's the problem. There aren't enough big-time baby faces on 205 Live. Well, that's that's what I'm saying, because it's not very often are they going to go heel versus heel. Uh, I don't imagine so. So, I mean, I'd love to see Drew Gulak, but... Oh, I. I would be happy with what Drew, Drew Gulak went over to NXT after his match with Matt Riddle. Ladies and gents, I enjoyed a Matt Riddle match. Woohoo! Yay, finally! See what happens when he wrestles another good wrestler? Aye. And not the fucking likes of Cassius Ono? Well, you just calm yourself down to a riot, young man. <laughs> uh, no, it was very good, that Drew Gulak-Matt Riddle match. I'm annoyed that Matt Riddle won, but that's just me being worked. Uh, I don't know about who will win they've announced a tournament last night uh, they seem to be they seem to have the hots for Humberto Carrillo and he is not just it's too softy softy with his offence yeah you don't like him at all do you <laughs> not particularly <laughs> <clears throat> he's very agile he's good but it's just not for me um, we've seen he's not. Ev- this person isn't everyone's cup of tea but whenever Kalisto and Buddy Murphy have locked up they have put on disgustingly brutal matches so I'd be up for that um, just drop the Lucha House party right but we'll see we'll see how the tournament uh, fo- unfolds over the next few weeks right will we move on to what the rather striking things that happened on Raw and Smackdown this week yep so out of nowhere Johnny Gargano uh, or as someone said someone I saw online saying Tommaso, Tomato Tromper and Johnny Oregano <laughs> <laughs> or Oregano for our American listeners uh, Oregano Oregano yep we started the language first right who else Alistair They're butchering our language. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair Black and Rikoshi, Trevor Mann. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Do you have any? I'll let you take the lead on it and I'll chime in. Right, so the positives from it. NXT, if this is, if this is um, permanent then it's freed up a lot of space, a lot of real estate in the main event scene of NXT, which I think is well overdue because the main event scene has been pretty much dominated by DIY for a year now. It'd be much more refreshing to have something else happen uh, in the main event of a takeover. 
other positives are all your faves, not yours, but all these faves that everyone has, they're going to be spotlighted. They had, they all had wins this week on Raw and SmackDown, and there's a high chance that they'll be involved in WrestleMania in some form or another. They're getting microphone time. Um, Alistair Black's looking very good, although he's moody. <laughs> but the negatives are why? Why Why is this necessary when there's six weeks to WrestleMania? Why inject four new wrestlers from NXT into the product when you've not done much with the wrestlers who were brought in at the start of January in the first place? There's still untold stories in NXT as well because I'm not going to go down the spoiler route but there's something's happened uh, with regards to one of the men one of those four that's come into from NXT. That's un, that's unresolved. Tommaso Champa's still got a title round his arm, Goldie. That's unresolved. I know it, they did it with Kevin Owens, but they worked that into the TV tapings of NXT as well, and it was done expertly when Kevin Owens was the champion while feuding with Cena. It does smack of, uh, right, let's just bring these guys up. I don't know. I just feel as if it's unnecessary. And there's also the whole thing about wrestlers who've been there forever. You've got wrestlers who are handing in their notices now, who are unhappy with how they're being used, if at all. And then these guys come in and just take over, and quite literally take over, and they're getting the matches and the TV time. Thoughts? Where do you land? Do you land on the pros or cons side of it? Um... Right, so I'm I'm all for doing something different. I'm all for the element of surprise. But to repeat what you said, why? Exactly. Um like <clears throat> don't get me wrong, like, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I was happy to see them um, DIY versus Revival like I've still to yes, see that match actually yes fucking please um, DIY versus The Bar yes please um, get to watch Alistair Black any, get, just watch him wrestle anytime yes please again but and, and it's a huge but why why do you bring people up and have no plan for them. And maybe they will have a plan for them. Three of the guys who... I don't, again, we don't know if it's permanent or if we've just done it as a one-off, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll go with the assumption, let's just say, even if it's permanent, three of them shouldn't be there yet. Alistair Black, like we say, is probably the only one you've got, right, okay, his time in NXT has come to a natural end. His has, I would agree. So... <clears throat> why now as well are we getting Gargano and Champa teaming up Who and are... I know the end of the last takeover kind of side by side raising the titles and have teased it there's still there's still a hint of animosity between them though on NXT and there is and <clears throat> and the reason why people right, the reason why they didn't, they, none of them got a pop Ricochet got one was for a couple of reasons, the crowd was shit anyway all night. 
But people, people, people just don't realise not everyone watches NXT. So people are going to be looking at these guys and say, who? Uh-huh. You can't possibly tell the Gargano and Champa storyline in one segment no. or just having Michael read a few lines. You can't. It's too deep. That's over time and a couple of interviews and a couple of promo videos, etc. But they're just suddenly paraded out in Raw and SmackDown. Um, and I've, I know Rob showed in a tweet earlier on saying, well, what are they going to be... Someone saying, well, what are they going to be doing at WrestleMania? Oh, hold on. Like, motherfucker, you don't even know if they're going to be at WrestleMania. It could be a one-off thing. Uh-huh. That's and not... if it's a one-off thing, I think that baffles me more. Uh-huh. It's, that's not what I'm concerned about. It's not how they're used. It's why they're there in the first place. But part of me is wondering, because there was a very notable absence of a certain Patrick Clark, uh, could this actually be Triple H breaking down the fourth wall? And this is addressed because apparently there is a big announcement on NXT tonight. Are they going to break down the fourth wall and address this on NXT, the, the upcoming tapings? Uh, will it be a case of Vin, uh, Velveteen Dream who has made his wishes known that he wants to be called up, even through his attire choices and whatnot, could this be a, a sort of mini Velveteen Dream Triple H feud in the works? Not even a match. I don't mean a match. I just mean Velveteen Dream feels as if he's underappreciated by management. Maybe. So what do you say? At the next tapings, there's going to be an announcement or the announcement's going to be on NXT uh, I think it's tonight. I think so. I haven't seen any kind of spoiler about that. Um, <coughs> I honestly don't know what make what to think of it. Like, it doesn't make sense that you would just suddenly do it on a random raw. Mm-hmm. Like, like we said, Alistair Black's the only one that makes sense for me for him to come up at this yeah. moment in time. Um, I think Alistair Black will actually do well. I yeah. think he'll do very well. I might be biased because I love the guy. Uh, I've got really high praise for him, but I just and think I, I think he'll work well on the main roster. And I know our boys on the Outsiders Edge have long said Daniel Bryan versus Alistair Black, and that could could happen. But I kind of think like we need to wait and see what happens next week, yeah. because if they're not there next week, then we'll realise it was just this kind of one-off, and it, I don't know if that's worse or not. You should definitely like, wait till after the announcement tonight. Yeah, uh, but it, it was it was strange to see. Uh-huh. Like, we'll see what very, happens. It was very strange, especially to see DIY teaming up together and and not even kind of explaining their history because it's that the the last sort of eighteen months or two years or whatever, you know. That storyline has layer upon layer upon layer. Mm-hmm. The, um, the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn history was addressed. Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins as well. So it's it was it was extremely strange to see. We should live by our own mission statement though, and just wait and see what happens. Oh, definitely, definitely. Come next week if we're back on, then we'll kind of get an idea that they're here mm-hmm. permanently. So I can't imagine they'll be here permanently for monitor review. I don't see how you can lose 
Ricochet, Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa all at the same time. I know. It's odd, but that might be addressed in the future tapings. So for the short term, there is a bit of concern and I think it's not a good thing short term. But see, long term, and I'll tie in this with Ty Dillinger's announcement on social media during the night, during our night last night, that he's handed in his notice. So you've got the movement of the four guys, these all-stars, going up to the main roster potentially permanently. There's, I've said many times that there's just too much on the rosters, all of the rosters, and there needs to be a spring cleaning of sorts. See if people, see if people are unhappy with how they're being used or not being used, then follow Ty Dillinger's lead. And if you're not happy, leave, put in your notice, if it's accepted that is, because I really think I, they just need to get rid of a lot of the, the waste because there are a lot of talent being wasted and it's time to sort of, do as I say, do the spring cleaning and work with what you've got because they're not, they're not in a position now to sign whoever they want, whenever they want, because you've got competition from AEW and the... Fuck. In the sign- it's the second time in two weeks you've mentioned them. <laughs> in, in the signing market, that's all. That's the only competition they've got. Um, just go, be happy elsewhere, and it'll free up space, and you'll see, hopefully, uh, work done with the other lesser used people. So I think yeah, long term it could work out. And a wee, a wee rejig of the rosters could be in order. I like that... Um, Ty Dillinger just addressed it and put it out there so there's no speculation. I like that. Yes. Some people could take that lead as well. Um, but let's not fucking kid ourselves here. Ty Dillinger's going to go to another company and still be a fucking mid-card guy because that's all he is. I he's... Uh, <laughs> I know. He's not going to be a world champ anywhere. I mean, let's not fucking pretend it's, you know, that it's someone like Seth Rollins or... Or Andrade or someone like that being released. It wasn't even potentially a, released. It wasn't even a, a a lowercase superstar on NXT. Yeah, I say so. You know, like that guy's not happy. Wants to go do something else. Fair play to him. He's addressed it, put it out there, and he's putting an end to speculation. You know, I appreciate salute that. Him. Salute him and wish him luck. I do wish him luck. Um. Yeah. But enjoy. I, I agree. I agree with you. That everyone knows the roster's bloated, and, and, and we're not even talking about like because there's just certain spots. There's only so many spots at the top, so many spots here, etc., etc. But you have got so many wrestlers just languishing, and it's like, do you really need that person? I'm not talking about releasing like high end top tier talent. I'm talking about releasing talent that. It rarely gets used. Mm-hmm. The Dillingers, the Sanities. Hell, even, like, I know Zack Ryder's been, and Hawkins have been kind of featured a little bit the last few weeks, but there you go, you got Mojo. Um, so many more. Like, there's just so many more. The likes of Nobody Jose. You know, there's just, there's so much talent that you could just, you could get rid of and to be honest, I don't think many people would bat an eyelid. See, if those three that you mentioned, if I never saw them again, I'm, not, care less. I'm not going to care. 
Nothing against those guys. No, but, no. I, I, I like Zack Ryder, though. I do like Zack Ryder. I've always kind of liked him. And I've always liked how he's got himself over and got himself like, out there. I can't, um, I can't stand his face. His beard and drawline <laughs> is just far too... It's far too um, rigid and shapely. I can't, I can't look at him without feeling intense hatred for that super square beard. That's how Vince must have uh, felt when he was just looking at Christian. See the, see that cartoon American Dad. Yes. You know how the dad's got like a super prominent chin and jaw. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what Zack Ryder's got. He's just got this massive jaw that he's trying to hide under a superb, supremely precisely cut beard, and it's disgusting. <laughs> so stay off my screen, Zack Ryder. I'm not giving you my nine ninety nine a month, pal. No. Pounds, <laughs> not dollars. <laughs> that can be our new Let's... t-shirt and pro wrestling tees. <laughs> Let's put that out there. Pounds, not Just dollars. Just to remind everyone. Uh, Anything we, else? We pay more and we got access later on. I know. And we have to wait till Monday morning to watch their fucking pay-per-views. Oh, we don't... Uh, that's true, we do. Technically, we do need to wait until Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, before, if you get anything else you want to add, apart from what was announced this morning? <coughs> uh, no, I was going to... I, that's all I was going to mention. Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, Ricky and Clive will do their utmost... Or, uh, well, maybe if I ask him nicely, Ricky will, to get tickets for one of the tapings for NXT UK, which will be taking place on the outskirts of Glasgow City Centre. Uh, Woohoo! <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. I can't wait to see Dallas <coughs> because they are going to get see, an amazing pop. See, on a much more modest scale, for anyone who follows NU religiously, then this is going to be a a sort of mini version of the Canadian Stampede. It will, because Gallus, wherever they go in, in England, they're hated, they're slagged for their accents, they're booed out the building. It's not even because they're from Glasgow, it's the heavy ICW contingent that will go and go to those tapings as well. Gallus yep. will be cheered for at least two or three, maybe four weeks, maybe six weeks of TV, and you'll be sitting watching thinking... What the hell is going on? What's going on here? It'll be Bizarro World. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who's in the ring with Joe Coffey. That person's getting booed. Uh huh. They're getting booed, and I can't wait. Yeah. So, yep, tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. on Friday. Mm hmm. And I will be doing my very best to get two tickets uh, and we'll be going to the, the Friday taping which is a good Friday um, oh is it for all you Eastern marks out there so it's a oh ve- excellent it'll be a very and good Joe, Joe and Joe Coffey comes out the diehard Celtic man we'll start blessing him I was going to say you'll have the the oil <laughs> you'll have the <laughs> <laughs> but that's it that... <laughs> the Ash Wednesday thing See the... <laughs> yeah. but that's that's a wrong Thing. That's I know, I know. It's still... But that would be funny. Can't wait. Cannot or if, wait. Or if he's missing a beat because he wasn't allowed to eat meat that day. <laughs> the thing is, right, we've we've spoke so much about when they come to Glasgow, we are going. So we need we need to get a ticket. I want to be front row 
Right. Front row and centre, just so everyone can see this 10 out of 10 face. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my father will tell me he loves me at that point. Will you see me on TV? And will you have the the oily, ashy crucifix on your forehead, even though that's nah, the wrong day? Because I'm, I'm Muslim, so no. Nah. <laughs> oh, I don't know why, but that's made me laugh. That's made me really amused. <laughs> I'm excited, can't wait. So it was Friday 9 and 10. Uh huh. So that'll probably be what? 1920. Two hours, two hours or three hours each night. Mhm. And obviously, we won't see all the backstage stuff, so we'll still watch them after the fact. But that's good, good news for us, NU fans. Definitely, and it's just, literally just like it's just <clears throat> it's fifteen minutes down the road for us. Mhm. Telling, telling you guys, Gallus will be treated like gods. Cannot wait. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Really excited. Now we just need to get tickets for it. Yep. Which might be hard. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. I'm not entirely sure how much. I've never been to event, an event in Brayhead Arena, so I don't know even know what the capacity is. Uh, I don't know. I would say four. Three, four. I was there for a WWE event after WrestleMania 20. Uh, kept looking at the curtain, waiting for uh, the return of the Dead Man's return. Never happened, but we had Cena, Jericho, no, was Jericho? Uh, Cena, Guerrero, and Rikishi in a six-man tag against Big Show and someone else. And then Cena and Jericho, Cena, Guerrero, and Rikishi did the wee dance at the end. Alright. And that's right, because it was Mother's Day that day, and Paul Heyman cut a promo during the match and said, My mom wants me to wish all of you wankers a happy Mother's Day. <laughs> It's amazing. We need to wear all our Rick and Clyde t-shirts. Yes. Well, one could wear it and the other one could wear social supplex. Or the other one could just wear an arrow. That's fine. We need to make sure we're sitting in the right seats. (laughs) (laughs) Right, enough nonsense. Quiz time? Um, Yes. Okay. It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. So, after witnessing the first ever women tag team tag team titles, let me say that again. After witnessing the first ever women's tag team championship presented at Chamber, the theme of the quiz is first time ever. So question number one. The first ever Hell in a Cell <coughs> took place at which pay-per-view and year? Now, I don't know if this was actually an in-your-house one. So will I get points if I just say it was Bad Blood 1997? That's correct. I wasn't bothered if it was good if you want to see it in your house. Was it an in your house? It was, it was. Um, question number two. The first ever Money in the Bank ladder match took place at WrestleMania 21. Mm-hmm. But in which city was this? 
I had the DVD. So not only can I tell you which city, I can tell you which district it was in. It may not even be that district, but it was in, uh, as Austin calls it, Los Angeles. Correct. WrestleMania goes to Hollywood. Question number three. I love that WrestleMania so badly. By the way, I only have seven questions. That's fine. Question number three. Becky Lynch pinned slash submitted who to win the inaugural SmackDown Women's Championship in the six-pack challenge? Oh, very good question. I'm going to say it wasn't Alexa Bliss. Uh, Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch. Who did she tap? Who did she beat? I'm trying to think if there were any nobodies then at the time. <laughs> well, give you a clue. I'll say Carmella. Correct. Oh, ho, ho, yes. At which pay-per-view? What was it called? Uh, no Mercy? Wrong. Backlash? Correct. Four out of four? In which city <clears throat> did the first ever NXT War Games take place? Houston. Shout out to the brother Rans. Question number six. Are you going to get 100% this week as well? Doesn't count as much though because it's only seven questions. Oh, thanks. Question number six. The New Day defeated who to win their first tag team titles at Extreme Rules 2015? Eh. Uh, mm, prime time players? What the fuck were they still around at that point? Uh huh. Well, not wasn't them anyway. 2015, so it was only. It was still. Um, what's the word? One brand. So here's that, I'll give you a hint. One of these men have went on to win multiple more tag team championships. Uh, oh, it was Cesaro and Tyson Kidd. Correct. Last question. That was a good match, if I remember, because Biggie did a big belly to belly, su- belly to back suplex to Kidd out on the floor, and it looked brutal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tyson Kidd and Cesaro were a great tag team, so. Mm hmm. Last question. Who was the first person to ever win the King of the Ring back-to-back? The best there was. The best there the is. The GOAT. The GOAT. Uh-huh. The GOAT. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Yes. Bret Hart. Bret Hart. And since we mentioned Bret Hart, I'm just going to put it out there, by the way. Bret Hart, greater than Shawn Michaels. Um, I can't say I would disagree with you. There's one There's one failing for Bret Hart for me. Which is? He looks bored in his matches. Thoroughly disinterested in what's going on down. No, I don't. I wouldn't agree. I think his ring psychology, everything 
he just took so serious and it meant a lot to him enough. His his body language was on point. Just I've never. I think, I think he. I think he is. I think he was. He is the goat. See and see his tag team with mm-hmm. uh, Nighthat. I would say mm-hmm. he was very facially animated then. Not so much in his singles run. Mm. But that's that's me nitpicking because he is the goat. I think he is. I think he is the greatest. And I know, like, well, the goat. how how do you how do you determine? Do you package it all together? I think in ring ability alone, ring and everything tied in with that. I think he is. I don't think I've ever saw anyone better. Did Did I give you a loan of his book? Uh, I think you might have. Well, I've got a couple more if you want them. Uh, why not? Uh, Edges is very good, and Jericho's is very good as well. Might be getting that Balak train, I'm afraid, of then. Uh, the Balak train, I finish at five, I'm afraid. No thanks. Face it, I'll never see you in person again until Good Friday. <laughs> 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 That's going to be a great day. We're just going to walk around the arena just blessing everyone. <laughs> <coughs> and Joe Coffey will bless us back. Oh, I was so hoping he would have replied to my tweet. I didn't think he would. No, I didn't know that, to be honest. I was just happy he liked my, my Celtic tweet. Uh-huh. The best part about that, though, was that Rich thought I was in America. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, Sorry, Rich. <laughs> so, was he thinking Boston Celtics or something? Yeah. <laughs> anything you want to plug before we go? Um, I'll let you do the plug and I'll see if we add anything onto it. Right, well, first of all, Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, the Social Suplex page has the very... Your, your guys, Ricky and Clyde, have got their own t-shirt up now, so if you haven't got one yet, if you feel like it, please go ahead and buy that there. Um our podcast is on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Please rate and review with a nice, lovely five stars, five snowflakes on the podcast app of your choice. You have, as well as us, you've got Grown Men Watch This Shit, you've got Omega Luke, you've got Wilfred Watches, Keeping It Strong Style, uh, What's Their Faces, All Elite Wrestling, no, All Things Elite, sorry, and Rich and James with One Nation Radio. You can head over to the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group where all all those folks that we've just mentioned there are in this Squared Circle Facebook group to say hello. Um, socialsuplex.com. You can get the podcasts there. You can get the columns there. You can subscribe and get them sent direct to your email inbox. We are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, again, I feel as if I'm missing something. I've got it. Now, now, granted, I was looking at my phone again, so I might, have, I might fuck this up like I done last week. Folks, make sure you download and listen to the Good Brothers, The Outsider's Edge, where you can find on Chairshot Radio. There you go. I, you didn't, there we go. You didn't miss me saying that. Now, that's who I wanted to shout out. Just because they're no longer on the network doesn't mean we won't be plugging their stuff. Uh-huh. Keep them keep them alive in your hearts. Always use always use your heed. Yep. We'll Gone but here. not forgotten. 
Well, in my case, gone but not forgotten, but Clive's case, clearly forgotten. Eh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, did you hear, did you see that Mark Henry thing? Yeah, I watched it, yeah, it was good, yeah. Did you see the bit he was talking about one of his children's going to be wrestling for WWE in the future? Mm-hmm. There's not... They're still quite young, so it's not really set in stone that they'll be a superstar, but there's quite the hand in the ring already. <laughs> Do you know what's funnier than that? Go on. Uh, during work in the quiet time, or the skive time today, I was doing some bullet points for tonight that I make, wanted to make sure that I addressed and I scribbled that joke on the back of the notepad thing <laughs> uh, just so I could remember it and I lost a bit of paper on the train home so someone's walking about <laughs> someone's walking about saying who the hell is this uh, Mandy Rose person who's Nia Jax and then they'll turn over the bit of paper and see the joke <laughs> Night, night, ladies and gentlemen. We'll speak to you next week. Take care, folks. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.